1: From this void, with only a word, a gracious creator brought forth pinpricks of twinkling light, beams of brightness. Goodness took the place of nothingness. Then, in his own image, God created man. His kindness endowed his highest creation with love and longing. Filled with the breath of the maker, Man and his rib-made woman walked unburdened in lush paradise Under limbs heavy with juicy sweet fruit A serpent full of cunning deceit Whispered taste and know Temptation tore their innocence with a bite Bathed their hearts in shame Wrought death where there had been vibrant light A groaning ache and a burning failure, doomed to toil, and doomed to die. Humanity reached back, desperate for rescue, but there was no thread strong enough to mend what sin had torn. But the Redeemer, one with the Creator, would put on flesh, would walk dusted roads, would bend to touch the wounded, would conquer death and strike hope into souls longing to be saved future descendant from the line of abraham isaac and jacob the thread mending the terror from the first man to king david to a girl a holy conception her womb the vessel for the long awaited long promise. Savior Jesus.
2: Try to Of our adoration, amen. Oh, we've come to adore you.
0: moment, I'm telling you what, because all month our elementary kids have been learning this next song just for you, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and they've got motions and dance moves and the whole thing, and so, y'all kids, y'all know what to do, all the kids in the room, you can come make your way to the stage, all the kids, come one and all, make your way to the stage right now, let's give it up for our kiddos as they make their way. Come on, kids. That's right, that's right. All in this area. Awesome, you guys. They've been working really, really hard on this. I can't wait for you to see that. In fact, um, yeah, band, are y'all ready? Parents, are you ready? Kids, are you ready? All right, everybody's ready, let's do this. One more time. Y'all can go back to your seat. Great job. Y'all are amazing. That was incredible. Well, hey, again, Merry Christmas. Everybody in the room, everybody watching online all over the world, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. And, you know, I know there's probably a lot of people I don't know. You know, my name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors around here. And, you know, I also don't know, like, how you got here. You know, maybe you came with a friend or maybe you just did decided to try a new church out for Christmas. I don't know. I also don't know like where you're at in your faith journey. You know, the reality is in a room this big, there's probably a lot of different people in the room today. You know, there's probably some of us who would say, you know, this Christmas thing just makes sense. You know, we believe that Jesus came to earth and we believe that he's the son of God and we're just here, we're ready to celebrate and listen to Cam sing Oh Holy Night at the end. You know what I'm saying? Like me too, me too. <laughs> there's probably another group of us who would say, you know, we're religious. You know, we grew up going to church, we still go to church off and on to this day, but if you're honest, you know, you still don't quite know what it means to have a relationship with God. And then there's another group of us, probably came in here with big doubts, like just asking some big questions. Probably said something like, you know, that whole Jesus thing just isn't for me. Listen, wherever you're at in your faith journey, first of all, we're so glad you're here. Like keep coming, keep asking questions, but today, Today is for the last two groups. And our hope is that you leave here with a relationship with the God of the universe through Jesus. That's our hope. Another hope is that you'd wanna connect here. You know, the truth is we value relationships around here and in our community, and, and who knows, we might live in the same neighborhood. How awesome would that be, you know? So if you wanna take us up on that, you can just use that Connect card that's in front of your seat. You can fill that out, put in the offering basket as it passes by in a little bit. We'd love that uh, opportunity to connect with you. In fact, 12 Stone Family, Daymakers, you can go ahead and get ready to receive the offering at this time. And you know, there's so many ways to give. They're gonna put it on the screen, like physically and digitally. Uh, and by the way, this is just for 12 Stone Family. So if you're a guest with us, like don't even worry about it. You can just let the baskets pass, but we'd love that Connect card if you wanna slip that in there. But if you are new, like you're probably curious, like I would be, like in a new place. Like what is this church all about? And the answer is just simple. Like we're about Jesus. <laughs> And we just believe that Jesus can change your life. And so we just wanted to take a moment to look back at all the things that Jesus has done over this last year because we think it's pretty incredible what he's been doing. And so while we receive the offering, let's just take a look back at all the things that he's done in 2023 and just say, thank you, Jesus.
3: Everybody can know God. Everyone can know the one who hung the stars. See, God is not hiding. He can be known. Our vision as a church is that we would reach the next generation. This building doesn't exist to look pretty. It exists so people can follow Jesus. Mess it up. The gospel is the answer to every problem and pressure and inside wrestling that we all have. We want our kids, when they show up, to show up to a campus and go, this church actually is for me. So this place is wholly committed in the elementary years to making sure the next generation knows the Bible. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. A fulfilling life does not just come from aimless busyness, it comes from fulfilling your purpose. He's a God of all people and all languages and all nations the whole world. And when you read words like this, it's like the heart of God is not just for me and for you, it's for the world. The offer of God for every man, every woman, every student, every child. And we're going to baptize until we're done. I don't know how you got here, why you got here. This is why God brought you here. The church shines the brightest in the darkest hours. So this is our time.
2: Yeah, let's celebrate that, church, across our campuses here in the room. Welcome, Merry Christmas. We can celebrate what God's done in our church. Church, we're so thankful for you, for the way you poured into the kingdom. We serve a great and powerful God. What we celebrate on Christmas is not that He came in all His power and all His greatness, but that He came humbly as a servant, as human for us. So we're gonna sing another song for you. And let the words wash over you. Let's sing about how He came for us. You could have come like a mighty storm, with all the strength of a hurricane. You could have come like a forest fire, with the power. Pine-
3: So Merry Christmas, 12 Stone. In fact, say Merry Christmas to someone around you just in case you missed them. Wish somebody a Merry Christmas today. Man, what a day we've already experienced together. And I, I just want to welcome everybody that's that's here and across our campuses online, 12 Stone Home and coffee shops and living rooms and tap rooms. And man, I'm just I'm just grateful to celebrate Christmas with you. 12 Stone family, those, those of us who have already sort of put our faith and trust in Jesus, y'all don't need me to say much. You're just like, thank you, Jesus, for Christmas. You came, you rescued, I'm in. But as our pastor said, those, those second two groups, man, like maybe you're religious, you look the part, you do the church stuff, but you know you don't have a relationship with your Father in heaven. Or that that third group where, man, you showed up because Grandma drugged you here, <laughs> You, you, you're not going to get any of, the, any of the, the Christmas meal if you don't come to church first, right? And you're like, fine, I'll go. Or maybe it's the spouse. <laughs> maybe it's your kids. And you're like, this is not for me. But I have big questions, big doubts, big disappointments. Can I tell you something? A relationship with your Father in heaven is actually what you're looking for. <laughs> Like, it's what you're looking for by chasing other relationships and other stuff and the stuff you consume or use to distract or numb to just get through another, another day or another season. I'm telling you, before we're done here today, you will have an opportunity to start a relationship with your Father in Heaven through Jesus. And that is the true meaning of Christmas. And listen, we're coming for you today. Last group that I want to I welcome it's all the elementary school kids in the room. Usually, you're in K-12. We love that, but today you're here. So I want to give you permission to do something you can't do other than these next three seconds. If you're an elementary school kid, you have permission to scream in church when I count to three. All right? Here across the campus is one, two, three. Let me hear you. I regret it immediately. It's a sound only a mother can love. <laughs> We're so glad you're with us. In fact, let me, let me introduce you to my family. Uh, this is my family, my son Luke and my son Lincoln, my beautiful wife Amber, my beautiful daughter Lizzie, and that's me coming up on the right there. And uh, man, our family loves Christmas and we have family traditions. Maybe you do too. See, we have a family tradition and we love watching Christmas movies. Anybody into Christmas movies here across the campus? I love, just gets me in the mood. In fact, I wanna hear from all of you on three. What's your favorite Christmas movie to watch that gets you in the Christmas spirit, all right? I wanna hear everybody across the campus's favorite Christmas movie. One, two, three. If you said Home Alone, you are correct. Well done. That soundtrack just, man. See, when I was growing up, one of my family traditions when I was a kid is we used, we used to watch a Charlie Brown Christmas together every Christmas. And in fact, I, I wanna invite you to just experience a little bit of my family tradition, all of us together. And if you're a kid, you're gonna look at this in a second and go, is that what cartoons looked like when you were a kid? You are old. They did. But there's a beauty and a nostalgia to this that I want us all to enjoy. So would you enjoy it, my family tradition, of Luke 2, as recited by Linus in A Charlie Brown Christmas in Joy.
1: And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That's what Christmas
3: is all about, Charlie Brown. And that bring back memories, nostalgia to that. But let me let me tell you this: Christmas is not just nostalgia. There's a weight and a beauty to the story of Christmas. And what Linus just said was from the Bible in Luke chapter two, but I want to, I want to start way before Luke chapter two, because there's a story that's being written leading up to Christmas that helps to give us the full picture of what Christmas really is about. And it started some 700 years ago with this prophecy about the coming of Jesus in Isaiah nine. Here's how it reads for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. We sung this already today. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is how God the Father introduced the world to his son, Jesus. That's who God says Jesus is. But let me give you the question that's more important than that for you. Is what do you believe about Jesus? See, that's the question of the day. What do you believe about Jesus? And before I give you an opportunity to answer that question, I want to have a really honest and transparent journey to get there. You see, one of the the things that that I love about Christmas movies, but they're complicated, is Christmas movies make it seem like everything is always merry and bright, hope and joy, no problems, no disappointments, no darkness. Everything just works in Christmas movies. It's part of the reason why I love them. But it's part of the reason why I hate the Hallmark Channel. There's nothing worse than a Hallmark Christmas movie. They should be canceled because they're trash. Anybody? Thank you. Men, can we say that's, that's the correct answer, please? They don't even make sense. Like Susie runs a Christmas tree farm, and she sells Christmas trees for a month, and she drives an Audi and lives in a million-dollar house. That doesn't add up. Like, that's not real. Like, Christmas movies make Christmas look magical and perfect, and the reality is life is just not that way. See, one of the reasons why we so desperately want Christmas to be merry and bright is because life isn't always that way. See, the truth is, I've discovered this, and I I think you probably would agree, and you've probably discovered this as well, that, that, listen, sometimes life is not always merry and bright. It can be disappointing and dark. See, I, I found out 15 years ago, I lost my mom in a horrific car accident, tragedy, and I'm like, that's not how it's supposed to go. So now Christmas is like, like I, marriage starts out merry and bright for like six months, and then you get to a point of like, okay, it's, it's, it can get challenging and disappointing and dark. Guys, don't say amen. It'll be a long Christmas for you. Uh, like, like parenting, I had dreams in my head and my heart about every season and stage with my kids, like when they're this age, it's gonna be like this, and it's gonna be merry and bright and magical, and then they become teenagers, and you're not called mom and dad anymore, you're called bruh, come on, bruh, like I'm not your bruh, I'm your dad, it's disappointing, it's not merry and bright, someone, someone that blessed them, uh, like, like, You you get into your dream school or your dream job and it starts merry and bright, but it ends up being more disappointing if we're honest. And like everything sort of starts that way. Like, like for me, I've been betrayed and hurt by people who claim the name of Jesus and don't live like the Jesus I read about in the Bible. I've been hurt by churches before, like supposed to be merry and bright, but there's a there's a darkness to this. Like, can we just own it? Like everything's not merry and bright all the time. It's one of the reasons why I think people get messed up with this whole Jesus Christianity things because we, we think like, we have to pretend everything's good all the time, yay! And then we know what a soul level it's not. And if I'm honest, I would have to own that, that for me, the greatest disappointment is not the darkness out there. The circumstantial darkness, the stuff that's hard about life, it's the darkness in here. Can we own this together? Like, it's not just me, right? Like, when I disappoint myself, there's a weightiness to that that is so much more weighty than when circumstances disappoint. Like, when I look in the mirror at myself and go, I, I thought I'd be further along as a man by this point in my life. Like I started marriage going, I'm going to be the perfect husband, the perfect father. And then I realized that's real hard. See, Maybe if you were honest, you, you would take a look and say, there's a darkness not just out there. There's a disappointment not just out there. The real disappointment is in here. Like there's, there's, there's no weightiness and darkness out there that compares to the darkness in here. What the Bible calls that is Sin. Like what sin is, is when, when I, I fall short of what God would ask of my life and fall short of what my marriage would ask of me, my parenting would ask of me, my character would ask of me, and, and sin breaks the heart of God and destroys every good thing about our life and our world. And, and, and the, the, the problem is we want merry and bright. By getting all of our circumstances merry and bright, and we want to avoid and ignore the darkness inside here. But there is good news because you're like, this is heavy for Christmas. (laughs) There's incredibly good news. I discovered this years ago, and I, 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 I discovered that God spoke into my darkness. And I believe he wants to speak into yours too today. And by the end of the day, there might be an opportunity for you to say, God, I want you to speak into my darkness. And just like we read in Isaiah where it started out, for unto us a a son is given, a child has been born. Before Jesus was even born, God was speaking about it. But six verses earlier, this is how God starts the prophecy, predicting Jesus would come. This is how he talks about what Christmas really is. Isaiah 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Merry Christmas. That light is Jesus' And here's what I love about God. God acknowledges the darkness. He doesn't, like like catch this, God doesn't ask us to fake it or pretend that there is no darkness. And God didn't wait for us to fix the darkness. He sent Jesus, the light of the world, Into the darkness, God didn't shy away from my sin and darkness. He sent Jesus right into us and right into it. And many of us don't get Christmas or Jesus because we don't understand that God sees and steps into your darkness. In fact, the hope of Christmas is not the absence of darkness, like everything out there gets better. It is the arrival of light. That's the hope of Christmas. See, God sent Jesus straight into the darkness to empathize with our feelings and our experiences, to offer hope and light and salvation. You may have never known this. God has been writing a story of redemption since long before anybody at any campus or any service has been born. While I was messed up and dark and sinful, God was writing a story of redemption. You may have never understood this, that the probably the most famous Bible verse in the world is a Christmas verse. John 3.16 is a Christmas verse. Here's how it reads, and you can say the three highlighted words with me out loud, so we'll, we'll say them together. John 3.16 says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life this is a story of relationship and I want you to see the three truths of Christmas from John three sixteen, because this is what changes everything this is what Christmas is really about the first truth of Christmas is this one God loves God loves the world, and not just everybody. He loves you uniquely. There are no favorites to God. Like, God doesn't love me more than you. Maybe you grew up, and you were the youngest, and you were the baby, and they loved you the most. God doesn't think that way. Maybe you're the oldest, and and you were like, he's the favorite. That's not how God works. If you could catch a glimpse of how much God loves you, it would mess you up. Second thing, God first, God loves. Second, God gave. How do we know that God loves you? Is that he didn't just sit on the sidelines and go, love you, TTYL, I'll talk to you later if you're a teenager. Like God wasn't like, hey, I love you from a distance. He's like, I love you so much, I will give. And at Christmas, God gave his son Jesus to humanity. Merry Christmas. And then 33 years later, Jesus gave his life on the cross. Happy Easter. So that we could be reconciled to God back in relationship with our creator. God loved and God gave, and we get messed up because we think God takes, he doesn't give. And when you miss the heart of God, you miss the fact that he gave. And Jesus knew everything about you and everything about me and still stepped into our darkness. And God did his part in the first two. God loves, God gave. Here's our part. We believe. What's our response to this? amazing Christmas story. Our response is simply to believe. and Believing is not just like an intellectual pursuit by which if you read enough books and got enough information, you could filter it down and weigh the pros and cons and eventually go, that's the right religion to jump into. That's not what I'm talking about. There is a relational and trusting piece to this, a total surrender that Jesus I trust and I believe that you are who you say you are. And Here's the reality of what it means to believe. Jesus cannot just be tried. He has to be trusted. Like Jesus isn't a used car that you go take for a test drive and kick the tires and go, let me see if this Jesus thinks for me, I'm going to give that a try and I'm going to check that out. And how long is the warranty good for? Because I need to know that because that's important. And I want to see if this works. Like like you, you don't try Jesus, you trust him. You abandon to him. You can try a new restaurant, try a new job. You can try a new car. You can even try a dating relationship. And some of y'all brought your date to Christmas Eve and you're going to go to your family and there's going to be pictures. And you know what you do when you have a date that you're just trying things out with? You put them on the edge of the picture, take the picture so if next year they're not there, you just crap that dude out. Merry Christmas. By the way, if you're dating and you're on the end, you know where you stand. Listen, you you, you don't try on Jesus like you do a dating relationship with your family at Christmas. You you trust. And there are things that you don't that just don't work on a try. They only work on trust. And just a minute, we're gonna give an opportunity for people to trust. See, but we we need to continue to stay brutally honest here. Remember, I said I wanna have an honest conversation. I don't, I don't wanna have like a. Like a polished up, pretty version of the Christmas story. I want to have the gritty, honest conversation about Christmas. Because listen, maybe you find yourself today where I did years ago. And if you could take the mask off. If you could let your guard down. If you could be vulnerable. There's darkness in here. There's disappointment with yourself. We call it sin because that's what the Bible calls it. If you were honest, that's the real darkness that you're experiencing at Christmas. See, maybe, maybe you, if you look at your life, you're like, I'm successful in life. Like, I, I achieved some things. I built some stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm doing good in life, but there's a shame about how you became successful. Like, you look in the mirror and go, yeah, that's a really nice bathroom I'm standing in, but I'm a, I got some shame in here of the darkness of how I got here. Listen, you, you might look good to other people, but you have a guilt about who you are when they aren't watching. Like, if they saw the private places that no one else sees, man, we are so good at faking it in public, and we look so good, but quietly, privately, there's a darkness You you might close your eyes, and you can look back behind you and see a wake of broken people and relationships that you left behind you, and there's a darkness to that. You might be exhausted because you keep going back to that habit or that thing you swore you were done with, and you can't break the cycle. You, you, You might feel hopeless because you can't change what feels dark and disappointing in you, and you just know... I. I can't change it and I know you can't because if you could have, you would have. Which takes us back to the original question, what do you believe about Jesus? And this question matters because what you believe about Jesus determines where you run with your darkness and disappointment. And here's, here's how Jesus continues this conversation in John 3. We all love to stop. Reading John chapter three at verse sixteen, because that's like the banger verse, like that. Yeah, John, guys love the world. Yes, and then Jesus keeps talking, and here's what he says, verses nineteen and twenty. This is the verdict: Light has come into the world. That's Jesus. Merry Christmas. But people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. See, when you start to feel the convicting weight of the sin and darkness in you, what you believe about Jesus determines, do you run towards him or do you run away from him? And when you see Jesus as a fictitious person or just a historical character, or maybe you see him as like this angry God far away, you run from the light and you stay in darkness and say, hide. When you see Jesus as the son of God who came to take away the sins of the world, you run to that. And you run from the light to hide. And listen, our shame and our guilt and our pride that screams from inside of us. Run away from the feeling of conviction. Hide it. If people knew who you really were, they could not love you. And that is true for 99% of relationships. And you think, man, I think that person's right. They'd stick with me. They're ride right or die, man. Try it. But there's one relationship that already knows everything about you, every bit of darkness, every bit of sin, every mess, everything you ever thought, did, or thought about doing, and he still stepped into your darkness. See, the the voice of shame says, hide. The hope of Christmas screams louder, come into the light, Step into a relationship with your Father in heaven. Run to the light so you can be forgiven and made new in Jesus Christ. And the reality is that Jesus came to us at Christmas so we can run to him with our darkness. And don't, don't, don't miss this. The hope of Christmas is not that, that Jesus will fix all the darkness out there. It's that he came to fix the darkness in here. Jesus came to address our sin and our shame and the darkness that sits inside. And what Jesus says in John 8 is this. He says, when Jesus spoke to the people, here's what he said. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That is the message of Christmas. I love the songs, I love the movies, I love the trees, I love the decorations, I love the cooking, I love the desserts, I love all the stuff. But the hope and message of Christmas is that Jesus knew everything about you, stepped into your darkness. And when I was a young man, God met me in my darkness. And I offered a prayer that's similar to the one that we're gonna offer here in a minute. Because before we're done, We're going to have a moment, Where we're going to light the candles you were given when you came in, we're going to sing Silent Night, and that moment is just like a a moment where we celebrate the light of the world, Jesus, stepping into the darkness, and it's a beautiful moment. Before we get there, many of you, you know in a soul level that you do not walk in relationship with God, and we're going to invite you before we get to that moment, you're going to come forward, you're going to trade your white candle for a red candle. As all of us light our candles, yours will be red this year. This signifies the blood of Jesus poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. The red candle signifies that, listen, he took the punishment our darkness, our sin deserved. And when you make that trade, that's you saying, Jesus, I choose to believe that you are who you said you are, and I trust you. And years ago, I offered a prayer like that. And Jesus met me in my darkness, and he solved the issue of my own darkness. And I believe he'll do the same for so many today here across the campuses, in overflows, in lobbies. And the prayer looked like this. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to step into my darkness and sin. I believe that Jesus is your son and that he gave his life on the cross to rescue me. I trust Jesus for the forgiveness of my sin. I will follow him as Lord for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And that prayer is not magic words. It's not some sort of spiritual recipe that if you just say the right words in the right order, that's what God's looking for. That's not magic words. That's just a roadmap for what the Spirit of God is doing in you right now. So let's take it back. Three groups. First group, you've already offered a prayer like that. You've put your trust, your belief, your hope in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you are not perfect by any stretch, but the darkness in you has been relieved and solved to the person of Jesus. What you do in this moment, you whisper a fresh thank you. God, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for sending Jesus. And then you pray for the next two groups that the Spirit of God would draw them. See, there's a second group. And you are potentially religious. You do the church stuff. You could probably find some verses in the Bible, like you could you could hold your own and look like things are perfect and right, and you have a relationship with God. But you know that you know that you know you're doing stuff, religious checklist. But you don't know the God of the universe. You don't have a relationship. You've never surrendered your life to Him. And you might be thinking, man, if I stand up and make this move, people around me are going to go, "What you? I thought you already served. Like you're good. What are you doing?" But you know, and you can't shake that, it's the Spirit of God drawing you to himself. There's a third group. And you are not religious, probably. And you are not playing religious games. You are just like, good for you guys, not for me. You have doubts, you have questions. You, you might even be a little cynical even towards God. You might believe that God has disappointed you, and therefore, how could I ever trust him? But if you're honest, the disappointments of what's happened in your life are nothing compared to the disappointment of yourself, the darkness that you cannot figure out how to solve. And you've tried to solve them by ignoring them or numbing yourself to get through another season or doing good things for people and you've got like a good like if there's a naughty list good list like you probably did some good stuff and it still doesn't solve what's broken in here because only Jesus can solve that we've prayed for this moment all week long that the Spirit of God would bring conviction for our sin and hope that Jesus can forgive it and make you new and you can know God and he can help you find freedom from your past and you can know why you exist and you can live a life that is so meaningful. But it all starts with the decision to believe and trust Jesus. So here's what we're gonna do here across the campuses. If everyone would stand with me. Go ahead and stand up here, campuses. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to put that prayer back up, and I'm going to read it, and we're going to all read it aloud together here across all the campuses. We're going to read it out loud. For some of us, this is just, we've already offered a prayer like this, and we're, we're reading it because we're family. We do stuff together. But for many of you, as you offer this prayer, this is you saying, God, I declare with my mouth that you are Lord. I trust you to forgive my sins, solve the darkness, and this is your prayer of salvation. And when I say amen, our pastors are going to step up, and they're going to invite you to respond and come forward and get that red candle, and we're going to go into that moment together. But it all starts the moment of surrender, that I believe that Jesus is who he says he is, and I trust him to forgive my sins, and my life is yours. So collectively, let's put that prayer up and let's read this out loud together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to step into my darkness and sin. I believe that Jesus is your son and that he gave his life on the cross to rescue me. I trust Jesus for the forgiveness of my sin. I will follow him as Lord for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. So right here at the Lawrenceville campus, the band's gonna go ahead and load and we're gonna begin to sing. And we're creating space for you. And what it's gonna look like is as they begin to sing, you're gonna begin to make your way down to the front. And if you offer that prayer as a salvation moment, saying, God, I'm all yours, You're going to be to make your way down here, and there's stairs on my right and my left. You might be sitting in one of the two or three overflows. We're going to just open doors all over the place you can get in here and make your way to the front. Don't let overflow keep you from getting to Jesus today. And you'll make your way up, and we'll, we'll trade candles with you. And we'll help you walk down these steps, and we'll pray with you and get you some stuff in the lobby and get you back in here for silent night. I don't want to make this an emotional moment. I want to make this a clarifying moment. And you're sitting here, now standing here, and the Spirit of God has convicted you that there's a darkness you can't solve, and only Jesus can solve it. And he can offer forgiveness and make you new. So you respond. Band begin to lead, and you begin to make your way this way. Come on down. Yep. Keep coming. And we're gonna celebrate our brains out when we see you come down because we know what this means. Come on, man. There you go. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Come on down. Say yes to Jesus. He can forgive your sins. He can make you new.
2: The darkness we were waiting without hope, without light. So from heaven you came running. There was mercy in your eyes. To fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. Praise the Father, praise.
3: Stone, what does all of heaven do when even one steps in the kingdom come on now Praise jesus. Praise jesus. if you're watching online this is a great opportunity to text jesus to 37748 we'd love to follow up with you because this this for us is not a transaction moment this is not like hey here's your candle life's good I'll see you later there's a growth and a and a path that god invites us on which is why i'd love to invite you to be here in january we're talking about that Be a part of this. This is step one. But before we're done, you know, it's time for a silent night. It's a celebration of the truth that Jesus stepped out of heaven and into the darkness, and with it, he brought light. But before we actually get to this moment, I need to give us some precautionary thoughts. Our insurance company woke up in a cold sweat last night. There's a bunch of fire in their building. All right, here's the deal. Once your candle is lit, I need you to stay vertical. Like if, I mean, this will remind you. If you got a flame, don't be lame, all right? Like keep it vertical. And let the person that's not lit come to you and then when you're lit, the next person comes over and that way you don't pour hot wax on yourself or others. If you have put on a bunch of Aquanet hair product, lean forward, because the guy behind you has got a candle, all right? The ushers are going to begin to light the candles and we're going to fill the room and you'll fill down your row. We're going to have a sacred moment thanking Jesus for what he did, how he rescued, and how he stepped into our darkness with his light. Worship well.
0: are the light of the world. You are love's pure light. Jesus, thank you for rescuing us. Even tonight, thank you for rescuing us, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Now one more advice as you blow out your candle, give it one of these numbers so you don't get hot wax in your neighbor again. Blow out your candle. <laughs> there we go. And what a wonderful Christmas Eve we had together. Now listen, we got one more thing. We got one more thing. But before we do, I want to let you, you know what it is. I want to let you know about a family experience we have next week, New Year's Eve right here, 11 a.m. Going to be for the whole family. You're going to want to be a part of that. But we've got to end with Oh Holy Night. You guys want to end with that? Let's do it.
4: truly he taught us
0: Thank you again for spending time with us today. And a special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 stone. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 stone church and check out a location or 12 stone home near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends, hit the share button or even take a screenshot and throw it on your social story and make sure that you tag at 12 stone church. Thank you again. And hey, we'll catch you on the next one. Merry Christmas.